We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Lydia Aching is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she will talk about working with differences. Pastor Paul Ohonya will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about the unpardonable sin. Akesha Singers will start us off with the song, Yote Yawazekana. Enjoy. Kwa 
This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. It is now time for the Family Life segment. Join me as I welcome Lydia Chin. Dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter, Lydia Aching. Today we're going to talk about working with differences. 
People have one thing in common. They are all different. Yes, indeed. And after we marry, we see those differences cause all kinds of problems. The problem is, how do you marry your differences and pull together as husband and wife to cleave together in partnership? Dr. Gary Chapman, in his book, Covenant Marriage, gives the following for us to consider. Why do you suppose Jesus chose 12 men with different personalities to serve as his disciples? I believe it was because he did not desire uniformity, but rather unity, where each complemented the other as they worked together as a team to accomplish God's purposes. Likewise, in marriage, there is a vast difference between unity and uniformity. It is God's purpose that we become one, but it is not God's desire that we become completely alike. The differences are there so that we complement each other and strengthen our effectiveness in serving Christ. Differences are part of our humanity. There will never be a married couple with no differences. The key is to make our differences an asset rather than a liability. Gary goes on to write, Identifying those things you find irritating or troublesome is a positive step in the process of learning to delight in our differences. A further step is asking yourself the questions, Why does that disturb me? What is there about me, my history, and my belief system that causes me to be irritated with my spouse's behavior? It comes down to personal accountability and making the choice to work with your own issues. It also helps you have a... It also helps when you have a spouse that will work with you in partnership to help you with your problems, although you shouldn't use it as an excuse not to do your own work in this. Author Gary Chapman goes on to write, Most of the time the answers to these questions are found in our past. We were brought up to think and to respond a certain way. Thus, when we discover that our marriage partner doesn't agree with our beliefs, thoughts, and behavior patterns, we, found out, we find ourselves frustrated. Until, until we analyze ourselves, however, these reasons may be hidden in our subconscious. When I better understand myself and why I find certain things irritating, I am better able to reveal the source of my feelings to my spouse. Such understanding creates a climate for talking about our differences and finding new ways of responding. For example, an aggressive husband may have been raised by an aggressive mother or father who communicated clearly that in order to be valuable, you must be aggressive. If you let people walk on you, you are nobody. Is the emotional message deeply written within? With such a background, it's easy to see why this person is irritable. They don't want to be a nobody. This issue is really their own self-esteem. Such insight prepares the way for meaningful, respectful dialogue with the spouse as opposed to arguments that seldom lead anywhere. And then comes the difficult work of changing wrongful beliefs, embracing truth, and changing unhealthy behavior. Gary also writes, The question to ask yourself is, Why does this bother me? Perhaps you're bothered by your spouse's taste for expensive things because you are reared to be frugal, and you feel that it is almost sinful to spend so much money. Perhaps you are raised in a poor family in which you lack the essentials of life and you now live in fear that the same will happen to you and your children if you are not fragile. On the other hand, perhaps such display of expensive items causes you guilt because you feel others will interpret it as a display of materialism. The answer to why a difference with your spouse bothers you can be answered only by you, for only you can discover your inner feelings which grow from your history and personality. 
Once you've analyzed your own thoughts and feelings about what irritates you and why, you're ready to talk with your spouse. One of the keys in good communication is using I statements instead of you statements. The purpose is to explain to your spouse your understanding of why you find their behavior to be troublesome. It is essential that you allow each other to be human, to have differences and to have feelings that arise from those differences. Difficulties that have developed from differences can be resolved if we accept the differences, stop condemning each other for being different, and focus instead on the difficulties that have arisen from our differences, then we can find resolution. We will feel accepted as persons and not condemned for being who we are. We realize there are many of you who are in marriages where the spouse doesn't communicate or appear to want to grow in partnership with you. It may be out of fear or wanting to live life as they see it without desiring to change. But prayerfully, as long as your spouse isn't abusive in their actions, you can patiently petition God and keep on the lookout for his answers to give you insight as to how to help you to live in partnership with them in the healthiest way possible. Dr. Chapman goes on to write, The process I've described isn't easy. However, Christians have outside help. Jesus once said, You can do nothing without me. John 15, 5. Some of us have tried to keep our differences from dividing us, but we have been unsuccessful. We need God's wisdom if we are to understand and utilize our differences in a constructive way. The scriptures encourage us to ask for help. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. That's found in James chapter 1 verse 5. Most of us admit that we need wisdom, a new way of looking at our differences. Perhaps you will want to pause and ask God to help you work through the differences you have never been able to resolve. Hopefully, an open conversation with your spouse will lead you to verbally accept each other's differences, removing the spirit of condemnation and strife and creating a spirit of friendliness. Now that you are friends looking for solutions, you are open to the possibility of making adjustments that will make the differences less irritating. How can I adjust to make life easier for you? is a good question with which to begin. We hope this is helpful. We realize that there are many of you who do not have spouses who are presently willing to work with you in partnership in your marriage. We grieve with you, but we also urge you not to give up hope and reach out for help the Lord can give you. We serve a God who can resurrect the dead and create beauty out of ashes. Don't limit what he can do for you and your spouse. It may not be on your timetable, but it's amazing what he can do when we trust in him and give him full reign of our lives. We thank the Marriage Missions International for providing us with this material. Until next time, God bless you. We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Here's a song, Sisi Twas Safiri, by Akesha Singers.
That you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Pastor Wahonya. Dear friends, today we want to talk about the unpardonable sin. One day after the church service, a young girl, nine or ten years old, walked up to me and asked to talk to me. I took her arm and we went to a quiet corner of the church. And with tears in her eyes and trembling lips, she managed to say, Pastor, I think I have committed the unpardonable sin. Dear listener, there are many others who are just like this young girl. There is something frightening about the phrase unpardonable sin. It can lead us to picture an angry God shaking his head and saying, this time you have gone too far. And many people are worried about passing the limits of God's grace and mercy. Remember, dear listener, the woman taken in adultery, that woman was sure she had gone too far with a bowed head and a downcast eye. She silently waited for the stones to fly, only to be amazed to discover that the door of mercy was still open to her. She was condemned and condemned, for God still offered his forgiveness and power to her. In Matthew 12, verse 31, Jesus says, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. What then, dear friend, is this sin against the Holy Spirit? The sin that will not be forgiven men. One thing is clear, and that is that the unpardonable sin does not arise from the nature of sin itself. For verse 31 of Matthew 12 says emphatically, that all manner of sin is pardonable. Therefore, dear friend, this is the fundamental truth of the gospel. God will forgive you your sins, whoever you are, and regardless of what you have done, as long as you come to him in faith and true repentance and ask for forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. 
to understand therefore the unpardonable sin which is the sin against the holy spirit and why god cannot pardon it we must first understand the relationship of the holy spirit to the plan of god for saving mankind shortly before jesus crucifixion he told his disciples it is to your advantage that i go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i depart i will send him to you and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth john 16 verse 7 8 and 13 the holy spirit dear listener is a witness for christ to convict us of sin and to lead us into the truth the holy spirit is the master helper of our soul salvation he not only convicts us of sin by speaking through our conscience he also leads us to sorrow for our sins and gives us the desire to repent of and confess our sins and after he has done that he gives us power to live a life of victory from day to day the reason that makes god therefore dear friend not to give the sin against the holy spirit is because without the holy spirit we would never accept christ and walk in the light of the bible without the conviction of the holy spirit we would never repent of our sins so dear listener i want to invite you today to open your heart for the holy spirit allow him to bring conviction of sin in your life so that you can confess them and receive god's forgiveness do not be like the little girl who disobeyed her mother by lifting the lid of the sweets container and helping herself yet when her mother found that out she told her mother how sorry she was but when the mother asked her to give up the remaining sweets in her sticky hands she refused to yield god is looking for the honest in heart who will not only admit their guilt dear friend but who will give up their sin jesus is the penitent sinner substitute he bears the penalty of your sin but he cannot be your substitute if you are not willing to repent confess and obey therefore dear friend confess your sins and give them up and you will be saved from sinning against the holy spirit It's been nice having your company. In case you have any views, comments or questions about the program, please write to the producer Adventist World Radio PO Box 42276.00100 Nairobi Kenya or email us through awr@ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been your presenter, friend Samuel Mangi.
Yesu, uja kwangu.